This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me, my co-host, Naz Marchese. He's not in studio this morning, but uh, we've got Naz on the phone. And also joining us in studio, the joining me in studio this morning, the Ultimate Lease fan, Mike Wilson. How are you this morning, Mike? I'm doing great, Wally. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for joining us. And Naz, how are you, my friend? Any luck, Duncan? Got Naz on the phone anyways. Uh, big game for the Leafs last night, 4-1. to uh, They uh, they obviously, uh, I would say, suggest it was a pretty successful uh, pretty successful road trip. Uh, they went uh, a little bit off the rails in, uh, in Calgary the other night. But overall, um, I don't think you can expect much more than that, can you, Mike? Well, it takes three or four on the road. <laughs> You're always going to take, you'll take that for the rest of the year. Believe me, any chance you can time you can do that, that's a real good thing. But again, they can't have any slip-ups. They do have to play basically at that place just to make the playoffs the way things are shaping up. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a, a run for the playoffs. Right now, the Leafs are are, are right, uh, lingering on a on a wild card in uh, in their conference. Uh, it's going to be a wild ride to the playoffs. Uh, there's a, there's a very slim margin of error in today's NHL, so uh, we'll we'll see uh, where that goes. They certainly. Um, can't afford a long losing streak, and it would be nice if they caught a little bit of a lightning in a bottle at some point in time here, and they uh, went on a little bit of a tear. Uh, you, you'd want to get into um, into the thick of it. It doesn't seem like they're going to be able to catch Boston. Boston seems to uh, be uh, a little bit clear of everybody else, so you're basically fighting for second or third. Well, that, I mean, that's the way things are shaping up. But I think what you're fighting for is you're just fighting for a playoff spot to get in first yeah. and foremost. I mean, you cannot – the problem is any kind of slip-up and you've got to climb over not one team. You're climbing over two, three, four teams. And that's what makes this – that's the excitement of the National Hockey League on the positive side of it. The negative side to it is being the Toronto Maple Leafs is that that's the situation you're getting yourself in if you lose six in a row, which they did. But look at Montreal lost eight and they were still tied with Leafs at the end of the day. So the way the league is shaping up now, I mean, it's 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 fantastic, as I just said. But the problem is, uh, you've got to win now, and it's a win now league. And you know, all this talk about finding a backup, I mean, that's great. But if Fred is able to play, you keep playing him until you've got a spot, and then you worry about the postseason after. That that's uh, the reality is um, the Leafs are all in on Freddie Anderson. I, I think that's to state the obvious. Um, they win. When Freddie Anderson, I wouldn't say stands on his head, but he's got to play well, or the Leafs don't win. 36 shots last night. They're always, when you know, every time the Leafs win, um, it seems like every game, Anderson's in net, he's always stopping somewhere between 30 to 40 shots a game, usually on the higher end of that, mid-30s to high-40s. Uh, 
you know, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's why the St. Louis Blues are Stanley Cup champions because they found a diamond in the rough in Jordan Bennington, who came in last January and stood on his head and carried the Blues to the Stanley Cup uh, championship. So, you know, goaltending is obviously part of hockey, if not the most important part of hockey. Um, any concerns about at all about his workload? He's on pace now. He's played 27 out of 34 games. He's on pace to play 65 out of 82. That's assuming, and I'm going to knock on the table here because I certainly don't want to uh, jinx anything. That's assuming he stays healthy. Um, in today's NHL, that is considered at the real high-end range of how many games a goalie should play. It's considered at the high-end range of how you want to take a goalie into the playoffs. You want to have a goalie fresh for the playoffs. Um, at least taking a huge gamble here. No, I mean, it, this is, I mean, it's hockey. I mean, I think there's too much emphasis put on that. Listen, he's young. He's trained himself in the offseason to be prepared for this. If he has to play 65 games, he's got to play 65 games. I mean, that's what he's paid to do. And But the point being is, is to your point, is that the Maple Leafs do have to find a way to win some games when he's not in the net. And Hutchinson, who's been rightly or wrongly put in positions where he hasn't been able to succeed, has to be put in a couple of positions where he can win a few games here and there. But uh, my the point of this whole thing is you've got to get into postseason first. And we've said this twice already today. But uh, But the whole point is if he's got to play them all, he's got to play them all. You know, look at the back in the days when, I mean, how many Stanley Cups or how many playoff runs does the New Jersey Devils give without Martin Berdur? So that's, I mean, it's the way the league is. It's, you know, it's the most overused cliche in the English language, but <laughs> it is what it is. And that's what the Leafs are going to have to do at this point with Fred. And they're just going to have to keep using him. Um, otherwise, um, last night we got some uh, production from the third liners. Good to see. Good to see. Uh, Kerfoot was in there. Miev was in there. Um the defense is getting a lot of minutes. Um, Justin Holt, um, he's, he's playing really well. Of the year. Second second star last night, played about 27 minutes. Muzzins, you know, he's been contributing 27, 28 minutes a game. Riley's Riley's up there. Uh, unfortunately, Tyson Berry got, uh, t- took a shot last night and injured, but apparently no fracture. Uh, we don't know when he's going to be back. There's a big game against Buffalo this Tuesday night. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since uh, we've had a big game against Buffalo this early in the season. But it literally is because Buffalo, we're fighting it out with Buffalo for uh, for second, third place in in our division there. And uh, and talking about that, uh, we we're lined up to uh, have Harry Neal on the show shortly after our first break, who's down Buffalo way, and he's been following the Sabres and the Leafs. So we're going to get a chance to talk to him. But it's a... Uh, it's hard to, uh, unbelievable to say this, but t- tough to believe that it's, uh, we've got a big game against Buffalo this early in the season. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, less than half the season is still uh, underway. But, yeah, it's nice to see it's the, the cross-border rivalry with, with those guys. Remember last year, they had won the 10 in a row, and Toronto went there and beat them and, and ended the streak at that time. So they look a little more for real this year. But, again, they're getting good goaltending themselves, and uh, it's helping Eichel's actually – playing to the level they expected of him as a second pick overall. And just getting back to the Toronto defense, I mean, the one thing, I, the biggest change, I think, in the team since uh, Keith has taken over, because it's still a very small sample size as to really how the team has actually really evolved under him. But the, the, in the transition game, there's more engagement from the defense to be a part of that, which is, 
I guess, again, if you want to take it back to the 70s when it was wide open scoring, it's almost in, in that mode as opposed to thinking defense first where these guys are looking to join the play and in the quick transition from D to O, these guys are really being a part of it. But as we saw in Vancouver that night, if you're not responsible in backing up your partner who's in behind the goal line, you're going to have some breakaways. So I think that's the one thing that hopefully if Toronto has the puck a lot, that will take some of the pressure off Freddie because it's pretty tough for their team to score when you've got the puck. <laughs> so I think along those lines, I think that's part of what Keith is trying to establish the players. And, and that's why you have all five of the players and guys being engaged in the play at the same time. Uh, talking to Mike Wilson, we're trying to connect with Naz. Unfortunately, we're having problems with our phone system here this morning uh, in this uh, in this highly computerized age. The phone system's part of the computer system down here. Well, and, I think uh, Naz is just <laughs> his barbecue fired up for the Bills game tonight, so he's probably outside working on that. I really wanted to chat with Nez about the Bills, uh, and uh, we got a, a few minutes before we go to break here. Uh, a big game for the Bills tonight. Um, they are Bills are in a fight for a wild card. They're actually not out of the race for uh, uh, finish first overall. They're only one game behind the Pats, and the Pats haven't been playing too well lately. Uh, but the Steelers and the Bills are playing tonight on Sunday Night Football. Interestingly enough, this is the first time in 12 years that they've put the Bills on in uh, on, on Sunday night, which is a premier uh, marquee event. It's the highest rated uh, football show in, in of all the time slots and uh, the highest rated show on television, from what I understand. So they're going up against the, the, Pits, the Pittsburgh, I was about to say the Penguins, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's, it's sort of a rivalry game in some sense because, uh, you know, Buffalo and Pittsburgh are pretty close to each other. And the Steelers, you know, they are, they are, there's Steelers fans everywhere around the world. And uh, Steelers fans travel uh, probably better, but I believe this game's down in Pittsburgh tonight. And uh, uh, give the Steelers credit. You know, they lost Big Ben and had a had a tough start at the beginning, but they're coming on like gangbusters. So it should be a very interesting game tonight. Well, they're similar to the Buffalo Bills in the fact they've got a strong defense and they had a weak offense. And they st- I think that's the one thing the Bills can exploit tonight is the weakness of the offense that the, the Steelers have. It's a tough place to win in Pittsburgh. It always has been and it always will be. But again, with uh, the emergence of Josh Allen stepping his game up the last couple of weeks, hopefully they can you know, be the better of the two teams in that regard. It should be a low-scoring affair, so now having said that, it'll be a 40-39 to you know, 39 <laughs> game tonight. But it, it's it's shaping up that way. This will be a battle of defenses, and it's just who can actually muster to get one over the goal line uh, first and hold on to it. Uh, that's the type of game it's shaping up to be tonight, it looks like to me. Yeah, that's we're continuing the progression of Josh Allen as the Buffalo Bills quarterback. He's certainly the future. The future has arrived. The Bills have uh, a quotation marks world class defense. They're one of the best defenses in yeah, the league. No question, no question about it. Uh, the offense. Uh, I mean, they had a tough one last Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, who look like the best team in the NFL right now. Well, with, they got uh, nobody that can catch the ball. Uh, well, the 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 Bills, but uh, the Ravens. Uh, you know, certainly with the quarterback with Lamar. Um, he he's he's a package that is rarely. I don't I don't know who to compare him to. Uh, I guess maybe the closest might be Michael Vick, uh, but uh, this this kid down in Baltimore looks like he's 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 going to be taking the Ravens on a serious run here. Uh, 
Uh, Bills had a little bit of a problem with them, uh, held their own against the Ravens, uh, statistics-wise, to prove that they could compete. And tonight against the Steelers, it should be a fascinating game. Well, they had the ball on Baltimore's side of the field to tie the game in the, in the waning minutes of the game. So, you know, you can't ask for anything more than that to have a chance to win and be competitive. And that's what they've been doing. And uh, they did it the week before in Dallas. Uh, they've got a big game. Every game is a big game moving forward from here. But, you know, the end of season, I believe, against New England. So that'll be, uh, that be fascinating. Be a, New England that hasn't looked good lately. Um, you know, I don't know if time has caught up with Tom Brady. Um, I, I've said it for a while. They managed to get through the end of last year because their defense uh, carried them through the playoffs and basically didn't allow the uh, Rams to do anything in the Super Bowl. But um, they, you know, it's Brady doesn't throw the ball downfield anymore, and they lost Gronkowski. Um, it seems like all the other teams have figured out a way. Uh, certainly it seems like overnight, but you know, we, I, I think we sort of said this last year, just before the Patriots hit the playoffs. You know, the Patriots aren't going to win the Super Bowl this year. They don't look that great. Brady looks like he's gotten old. He can't throw the ball downfield. What do they do? They went on a run. Um, well, the teams are disguising their signals now, so they can't tape them on the sidelines anymore. Although they got since that a couple it, it, weeks ago. Isn't it amazing that the Patriots managed to get themselves in trouble again this week over videotaping another team? Well, the best part about it is they they they, they, they were losing their first game in two years at home, and the fans booed them out the field at halftime last week. Now, yeah, that was perplexing. Like, like what there, are these Like, fans I went there in the early 90s when they were in the Bills were oh. the dominant team in the American uh, in the AFC. And they, they couldn't draw flies in that place. And half the people didn't even know what the heck was going on. And here they are. Now they get this gift of one of the best sports franchises in history, in modern history, and maybe in all time. And they're booing them off the field at halftime because they're losing to one of the best teams in the league at halftime. It just, I, I, was, I was watching the game last uh, Sunday night, and uh, they're losing. Um, and the fans are booing. And I'm saying, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. They've won what six Super Bowls in the last yeah. what? But since, since 2002, 2002, 18 years. So you, they've won one out of every three Super Bowls. They've they've been to three. They've basically been in half the Super Bowls in this in this century. But you got to remember too. And, 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 sorry, go ahead, Mike. Look at the division they're in. They got Buffalo Jets in Miami. I mean, there's six gift wins. But still, every, there's but still, six you, gift you, wins you, every year. You're, you're in first place. Well, think about and it. And you're win, in your your, they win those your six division, games and you're year. booing. You got a, you got yeah. a, you got an all world quarterback uh, going to the going to the Hall of Fame. You know, as soon as as soon as the rules permit. Well, they and a, you got a you got a you got a Hall of Fame coach. Anyone uh, else want to talk uh, about the owner? And what possesses, what possesses, we got to get Eddie Andelman, I, what a great thing, we got to get Eddie Andelman to talk about this one. How do you possibly boo this team? It's just, it's beyond belief. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> Anything less than an undefeated season is, is, is no, not acceptable. Fans. You're going to get that anywhere, though, but that's fans. I mean, look at Boston, actually, in the playoffs, as in the playoffs, here's the number one team there, they they lost a game they against Toronto, the, the power play, the game they lost in game five. The fans were booing them after the power play, but they didn't get a shot on goal. So, I mean, that's what fans are like. And this, I mean, they're fair weather, and they, they're they cheering you when you win, and they're booing you when you lose. And, I mean, you know, they, they, they expect you know, perfection every game. And, you know, their time is going to come. Let's just see how great those fans are when, 
you know, the, the Pats are at the bottom <laughs> of the league and they will get there one day when they go through the rebuild. And let's see how many of those. And I love all the people walking around the city with all the New England Pats stuff. On. We're like, we're all of those fans back in the 90s when the Bills were in charge, you know, and now all of a sudden now it's reversed. <laughs> so we'll see all that. I mean, it, it, it's just it's, it's the ebbs and flows of the way sports goes. And, you know, the Pats, I mean, they had it easy for all those years. I was just starting to say, because all they ever had to beat was the Bills, Miami and Jets. Yeah, you, so them you had six, you had six games. You start well, the season play, six and oh, and then you play 500. And you always you always ended up with home field advantage. And you play 500 the rest of the year and you're in the playoffs. In so the that playoffs. was that was their goal every year. I mean, it was like back in the old Chuck Norris division in Nanny Chow where all, I mean, Jim Debelano told me one time, all he ever had to worry about was beating the Leafs and you're in the playoffs. And it's, so it's basically the same thing for these guys. But still, you have to do, give credit where credit is due that they've been able to maintain this uh, level of excellence for all these years. And it's going to be a pretty tough um, – it's going to be a pretty enough nut to challenge, I'll say. The only other thing probably comparable would be the Atlanta Braves when they won 14 division titles in a row in baseball. And they only won one World Series, though. So Correct. even that yeah. is not... With, um, with three Hall of Fame pitchers. Yeah, exactly Three, right. three, uh, uh, and a fourth one at, at certain times of that, uh, certain times of that stretch. Yeah, so I mean, that's, it's, it is, it is a remarkable sports achievement, that's for sure. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, the, the Pats in this century, uh, have, are certainly have been beyond belief, but before we go to break, how, how you sit in the stands and you boo that? Oh, man, I mean, that's just, <laughs> that just, I mean, you know what? If they don't want them, if they don't want them, we'll take them in Toronto. <laughs> We'd love to have a franchise that goes to uh, that goes to a championship one out of every three years, uh, one out of every two years, over a course of a twenty-year span. That's that's a record that's beyond belief, and somehow that attracts booze. Anyways, uh, we're going to go to break. Uh, we were hoping to have on Harry Neal. We were hoping to have on Nes Marchese. Uh, I'm going to have somebody from the Golf Channel, but. Uh, we can't seem to get the phone systems working here this morning. Uh, the reboot doesn't seem to have taken effect. So uh, we'll get uh, we'll get our good producer to keep trying. But uh, in this technological age, every time, every now and then, you get a glitch. Uh, we'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville decided to stone bake our pizzas the traditional way. That was over fifty years ago. Since then, the big pizza conglomerate started cooking their pizzas on conveyor belts, like you see at the airport. Now you can choose authentic Italian stone-baked pizza or pizza you could mistake for luggage. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca with a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. 
To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new M740. If you're in downtown Toronto, we're also on 96.7 FM. And live video streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're hoping to have on Harry Neal and as Marchese. We're not able to work through our technical glitches this morning. Can't get the phone system working. So uh, we'll keep giving it a shot. Uh, but there's uh, joining me in studio this morning, the Ultimate Leafs fan, Mike Wilson. Certainly, uh, we, we've been here uh, chatting for a couple hours. There's... <laughs> Yeah, lot, it seems like it. A lot, lot to chat about. Uh, a lot there's, 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 uh, there's always, and, and a lot of, a lot of what happens, uh, a lot of what's to chat about is not necessarily, uh, within the confines of the arena. A lot of the, a lot of what happens nowadays is outside the arena. Uh, uh professional sports, uh, seems to have become a theater for, uh, for the virtual, uh, for reality TV as well. But, uh, Mike, we haven't had you in in a few weeks, and a lot a lot has happened in the NHL coaching ranks in in the last few weeks. And another one bit the dust this week um, for reasons that we don't really know yet, and um, I don't know to what extent we want to speculate on it. Uh, I think we have to be careful when we start speculating on the reasons why a coach is let go uh, when it isn't confirmed the reasons. Of course, we're talking about the Dallas Stars coach. Yeah. And they didn't say much other than, and I'll, you know, you, 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 you may know more about this than I do. Uh, certainly, we've got to be careful what we publicly discuss. There's a lot of rumors circulating on Twitter. Uh, of course, a lot of those people don't know that they're subject to libel and slander laws. And uh, if yep. they say something uh, that doesn't prove to be true, they're accountable for what they say. Um, There's so, a lawyer in you coming in. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. So I don't want to make any allegations or anything that's not proved. Uh, and that may be part of the problem with this story. 
because the um, the general manager there, the owner there, haven't come out and said the reason why, it's left it open for the Twitter world and everybody else to speculate. And I'm not so sure that's a good thing, because when you speculate, a lot of people assume the worst. Um, are they doing the coach any favors by not releasing the reasons? Uh, because eventually we all know this stuff always comes out, doesn't it? Well, you know, it is It is starting to leak out, and there's stories out there, uh, you know, right after, uh, immediately after his fired her story. I mean, one of my buddies was emailing me, Tim, there's on Twitter that he said something to yeah, the owner or about the owner or something at a party. And, you know, when you're at a party. With none of which has been proven. Oh, none of it's just, been proven. It's, just, it's stuff, just somebody making a story. Because, guys, which maybe it may end up being true. We don't know that. Oh, but we don't know. But but, but that's what's what's uh, that's what's being said. But the part that disturbs me about this whole thing is, you know, you had the Don Cherry and Peters and Babcock and all these other things and allegations. Come up, and these guys are condemned immediately. And immediately the story is out and the media is all over it. And the media is quick to, to go right after these guys and it's pretty tough to come back from under some of these allegations and rightfully slow not tough it's sometimes it's impossible rightfully like so we, we all know that peter's but career as an nhl is coach is probably over because i can't see i can't see yeah. any general manager wanting to go through um the media circus circus that's going to happen when he gets and that's unfortunate but the same thing with the let's and talk ba- about babcock's not you know uh, well, the whole point of this whole story is to go to Jim Montgomery yeah. is the fact that, okay, so he gets let go from professional conduct. So what does that mean? We don't so know what, what it I, means. What I don't understand is how they can go attack these guys. And I mean, that the, I mean, listen to some of the media guys go after Cherry. And Cherry didn't say anything wrong if you, when you break it all down to what he said. But uh, you know what? Uh, reasonable, no. reasonable people can have a debate on that. Well, I, I, can. I, I can, I, I can, uh, that's a position I can advocate. Well, let me finish my go point ahead. first, because the thing is, everybody assumed what he said. Correct. He didn't say it. They assumed this is what he meant. So right away, they're judging him, and I'm listening to these guys go on all these networks and just ripping him beyond belief. Now, some of the things that Babcock did were asinine to begin with, and they shouldn't have been done. Some of the stuff he did was crazy. Okay, but still, does he have to be condemned forever? And the Peter situation, you know, you just heard one side of the story. And it was wrong, but you don't know what it led up to. But again, the media was all over it and is not let up on it. Now, Montgomery, this situation happens, and they defend all of those things. And it wasn't sexual harassment. It wasn't uh, racist. It wasn't about his coaching. It was, but, but it was something else he did, but nobody else will talk about it. But you have some of these guys going on the air now giving hints of what it could be, yet they let this one and that's, go. And that's wrong. And this is my whole point. Right. This the, is what I'm nobody, saying. Nobody should be saying any hints what's, unless... They Unless somebody's what, prepared to publish the reasons so the and first, the truth. What's the first thing you think of when these situations come I, up? I know, what, I know what the first thing I think of, and I don't want, I don't want to say it because I don't want to unfairly associate what I'm thinking with Jim Montgomery. I don't even want that out in, in, in public debate uh, because, it, because it's not proven. Like, you know, the, the problem with, the, you know, with, you know, if you, if, if you start, if you start down that road saying, well, I think it's this, then, but, you know, a week from now, two weeks from now, if everybody starts saying that, then at some point in time, people just start assuming that to be the truth. But they're going to assume it anyway. Right? And, so and, and, and be... I'm not going to say that Jim Montgomery is associated with a particularly vile type of behavior, because I don't know that. 
I don't know that and I'm not going to say it. But the point is, why are they not asking that? Why are they not digging deeper into this like they did with all these other guys? And all their and their, their careers are basically finished with all these guys. So why are they not doing it in this situation? That's a really good question. So that's That my, is a that, really good question. Point. So if they've circ- On this one, for some reason, they've circled the wagons. And they even went to the NHL to make sure they had the right uh, a semblance of, uh, um, you know, of points to make the decision yeah. they did. And this, and this is where you get into, you know, this is why being, you know, being an NHL coach or being in the public limelight is, 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 is somewhat different uh, because we want to evaluate, you know, there's, you know, there's an employer employee relationship. Okay. Which is subject to the terms of an employment contract. And then you get into, so if that happens in a work environment, um, you know, you're not subject to the scrutiny of the press, but these guys are NHL coaches. Mm-hmm. They're in front of the press every day. And if something happens to them, you think the media wants, they want to know, but it's an employment employee relationship. A contract has been terminated, presumably by the owners. That's what I hear. He was relieved of his duty. I don't know the exact uh, legal, what legally happened here. I'm, I'm going to assume he got terminated. Or he got fired. Well, he was fired. Yes. So his employment contract was terminated. He didn't resign. So, and well, Bill Peters did. Bill Peters out, did. out in Calgary. So his employment contracts terminated. Um, those employment contracts have very lengthy provisions. And one of those provisions might be in, in any mutual release or any terminate, there may be a confidentiality provision. That's not unusual. So, and, and, if, and if that's the case, which I fully understand, then maybe somebody should say, look, we're not going to comment on this because it's subject to a confidentiality provision so that we can all stop trying to figure out what happened here. Well, no, or the, or the other part of the story. But again, it just comes back to that because it leads to more speculation and assumption. And Exactly. And, and, on, somebody, those, and on those bases, this is why if you're going to fire a guy and you're stating him with cause and it is you're in the public eye, the public has a right to know. No, they don't have a right to know. Well, they, they do. don't have a if right. We go, do not have a right to if know. You're, if you're going to go public with it, like you've done with all these other guys, why can't you go public with this? If the guy has a problem or something has happened, help the guy. Uh, I that I, that point I agree that's with. What I, that's what I'm referring that to. That point I agree with. I, I, I if he did something I, stupid, like you know, so, uh, you know, and, and, and this and this is where and this is where you know. Uh, I, I agree with you 100% on that point, Mike. And this is where, you know, when you're a coach or general manager or you're in the public limelight um, where your actions are, are subject to scrutiny by the media, uh, if you don't come out and explain what happened, people are just going to assume the worst, right? And it's just going to carry on. It's going to carry on. It's going to carry on forever. And the interesting part about this is um, we seem to know based on what we have, I wouldn't say read, or but what's circulating out there, it's not one of the worst type of offenses that people are getting fired for nowadays. It doesn't seem to be that. And like I said, I don't want to mention, because I don't want to associate Jim Montgomery with something that he has pr- probably hasn't done. Um, but we're left to speculate what he has done. And then it, it calls into question, like, maybe he shouldn't have been fired for it. Like, I mean, this we go back to we go back to the issue of the whole concept of terminating coaches and terminating people who have made mistakes. Uh, 
maybe it should have been something he should have just got suspended for a week or 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 a month or whatever. Um, do we really, if it's an isolated incident, what's the context? Do we really need to fire everybody for everything that they do? Well, no, but see, here's see, like, is, is there no forgiveness anywhere for anything that anybody ever does? But see, you're falling right into the trap because you're making this assumption that it's something not that significant. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's right. So I have no idea. That's why I agree with your comment, so which is probably better to just get it out there. Let's use it from this angle. Look at the time of the just to look at the time of the year we are. This is the Christmas holiday season Correct. coming up. So what goes on with Christmas parties? And you know, there's always somebody that does something stupid or you know inappropriate or whatever it is. It happens. It happens. It's usually on. after after as Don Cherry says, after somebody's had too many pops. Well, exactly right. right? So, yeah, and it goes on. And now you've worked for yourself, but I've been involved in these after 40 years on Bay Street. I've watched many, many of these, and you see that one quiet person that does that one thing you never hear from them. They come out of the back corner and. All of a sudden, they get a little personality on, and something happens. And they make a mistake. And they make a mistake, but yeah. they don't get fired. Now they get ridiculed. Well, they should teased, be disciplined, but they don't because they get ridiculed and they get teased. There should in the be office. consequences to actions. And they maybe get a slap on the wrist from the boss if they've done something. Now, if they've gone yeah. up to the boss and ripped his head off or done something like that, yeah. then fine. But I've been in those situations where people have been suspended for a week, where nothing is happening, and you just make it a running joke. So the point being is these are all the things that people can speculate on when you hear it's not of any of the obvious things that have been happening in the world of sports recently. The, the immediate thought is going to be going to something that's, that was done stupid, a one-time thing, and he had to pay the consequence. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're going to – you know, the story on this is eventually going to come out. It, this, they always come out. Eventually, or it's or people are just going to be speculating. It's out there now. Kingdom Nobody's come. just going public with it. That's right. All. And uh, and now we're just going to wait. To, you know, it, it's you know Mark Crawford's under. Was he under suspension now? Yeah, and Mark Crawford. So that you know, so he what he he slapped uh, he slapped the player like uh, and he kicked or Avery kicked him. Avery, of all, and Avery okay. laughed. He said, "I deserved it." <laughs> And he, you know, and, 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 and it's you know this is going to be. But now, hang on. The players came to his defense. To, media, to Crawford's here, defense? Coming back to the media again, they yes. came to Crawford's defense. Say what a great coach he was, and fine, he did that, but so what? It helped us. And But the media were quick to rip him and, and go after him and target him as another crazy but this, this, you know, Now we're getting into the whole, um, the whole debate about, about – um, and, this, and this is just – I don't know if it's the modern media. The, the media just – you know, they have a story, and – and they're gonna they're looking for the next one right now. You know that and I know Mike. They're looking for the next every I mean there's probably a lot of nervous coaches around professional sports right now that are that are a little bit worried about something they may have and we're not talking sexual or racial, uh because well, looking, that's exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. They're doing a deep dive and every yeah. coach and trying to find that. They're trying to find something stupid that somebody said, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, or something stupid that somebody did. Um so I'm sure there's a lot of nervous, nervous uh, coaches in not, I wouldn't say just hockey um, in uh, in professional sports that, that are saying, oh, my God, uh, yeah, I was a bit abusive, you know, 15 years ago, but I'm different now. You know, I've, I've learned my lesson. But, you know, if they look at what I did 15, 20 years ago, I'm probably in a lot of trouble based on the standards of today. But then again, you know, okay, you come back to situations, you're only getting one part of the story. Mike McEwen, remember when he played for Don Cherry in Colorado, he wouldn't come off the ice and he used to drive Cherry <laughs> crazy and he'd be screaming and yelling and he would take these extended shifts. 
And one time he did it, and it ended up costing him a game, and Charlie lost his mind. Now, I either hit him or threw a stick at him or grabbed him, or somebody had to grab him. He went after him. But nobody said anything because that's the way it was. And you didn't know, leading up to it, you knew the whole story that this guy was a little bit of a flake out on the ice and in general in life. Yeah. And he just drove crazy, Cherry crazy. So, again, the point being in all of this, you don't know all the circumstances leading up to all these things. You don't know what has somebody. Somebody just doesn't walk in and go crazy for no reason at all. I mean, how do you know that he's – I mean, how do you know that, you know, Avery, look at his background. I mean, he was a clown on the ice most of the time and an embarrassment to his organization. So he's doing said all some, these, And said some stupid things. And said dumb, stupid things. About, about some other players yeah, in yeah, the yeah, league and, and, and their, their spouses. And stuff. But, yeah. but, but leading into the Mark Crawford situation, how do you know he was goofing off in practice? He didn't pull up Jason Giambi in Moneyball when he was on the, the chair dancing when the team was on a losing streak. And do all these dumb things, cost the coaches uh, you know, a couple wins and all this kind of stuff. And there's a coach who, who has a job to do and is trying to save his job. And they got these guys acting like clowns. And then finally, he just loses his mind one time and explodes on these guys. Should he be condemned forever on that? And it's when you don't no. know all the circumstances. And that's, you know, we've, uh, this, is a, this is a discussion we could have ad infinitum. Um, yeah. That, this is what happens when you rush to judgment. Okay. This is what happens when the media decides, the media decides that they know how they want the issue resolved. And they always you know, there's a bias in the media. Let's not kid ourselves. They want an issue resolved and they want it resolved quickly. They want somebody fired or they want somebody to resign or they want to pile on somebody. They want a general manager to fire a guy the next day. And as soon as that general manager says, uh, no, I, or, or even with the Don Cherry thing and the Ron McLean thing, they wanted something from Don Cherry on the Sunday. They wanted something from Ron McLean on the Sunday. Nobody wanted to take the time to, uh, to evaluate it or, or to, or to sober second thought, as I say, calm down and let's really have a look at this thing. Um, and then if you don't fire that guy the next day, they start jumping on you. Why are you waiting so long? Why isn't he fired? Uh, Nobody wants nobody wants to take a look at the broader thing and calm down and 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 look at things carefully because that's not the way the world works anymore. It's all about instantaneous judgments. No, but you somebody see- says something stupid. Nobody wants context. Nobody wants to look at the guy's track record. Nobody wants to look at his behavior. Nobody wants to talk to the other teammates on the team. Nobody wants to talk to uh, uh, do a full investigation of, the, of, of, of this particular individual's behavior or track record. Everybody wants a judgment five seconds after the thing's been said. And I, I don't think that necessarily leads to good good decision well the cherry situation the, the story that was out there is they wanted to move him for the last couple of years and put somebody else in that chair or do something else in that segment because they were you know that the demographic they were trying to reach wasn't being reached and that was this whole new the, the whole phase of the nhl contract that rogers has so uh to that point he just they use this as a reason to get rid of him it, we we can speculate on that, and 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 a lot of reasonable people can come to that conclusion. Why can't I say that when these other guys are all saying these other things? Of course, you can say that. Yeah, yeah. And Rob McLean was given the option: you read this statement and admit guilt, and stick with us, and you keep your job. Or if you don't, you can join John and join Don. And Don said, "I'm not reading that." Interesting enough, and we 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 are actually trying to get Don Cherry on the show in January, and we and we've chatted with him, and he's. He's agreed that he's going to try and make some time for us. And, you know, and when this came out, (laughs) well, he's doing his podcast on Tuesdays. Um, 
I'm fascinated by what discussions happened on the Sunday. You know, if I had an opportunity to ask Don or Ron McLean uh, or the or the people at Sportsnet who were not saying anything because they're the media, they they can they can pick and choose who they're going to talk to. Um, I want to know what conversations had on the Sunday. I want to know what what the people at Sportsnet asked Don Cherry to say that he found so objectionable. I want to know what conversations happened between Cherry and McLean on that Sunday because. You know, all hell broke loose on the Sunday morning. Nobody seemed to think it was a big deal on the on the on the on the Saturday night, but Sunday morning and all day Sunday until McLean went on and made that apology on 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 Sunday night. I'd be really fascinated to see what discussions happened between those three parties that day. On that note, unfortunately, Mike, we've got to go to break. I understand perhaps our phone systems have been rectified, and we're going to try and get Harry Neal on as soon as we come back from the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville declared, We'll never be the fastest. We'll never be the cheapest. We'll never be the snazziest dressed. What? Yeah, my point is, we want to be the best. At Pizzaville, we want to make the best pizza. Stone-baked, the traditional Italian way. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. 
They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Opinions expressed on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Naz and Wally Sports Hour, we are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me in studio this morning, the ultimate Leafs fan, Mike Wilson. I'm advised that we finally have on the phone Hall of Fame broadcaster, Harry Neal. Good morning, Harry. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Oh, we. Uh, I'm hopeful. Hopeful our connection is going to get a little bit better. Harry, uh, uh, Buffalo Sabers uh, seem to be uh, playing well this year. Uh, what's going on down in Buffalo? Well, they are playing a little bit better now uh, than they did uh, after a good start. Uh, they've got some good young players, and, and they, they lack a little depth at the third and fourth line. And they've got about nine defensemen, so they're sitting two guys out, or three guys out, a lot of nights, so they can get down to six defensemen. So I think if they're going to make a trade, they're going to probably try and move a defenseman or two to get the forward who can play on the third or fourth line and give them a little boost there. Okay, Harry, listen, I have to apologize. I'm sure you know, talking to our producer, we've had some technical glitches down here, and the quality of the of the phone call isn't uh, is is going to make it pretty difficult for listeners. So uh, I'm going to turn you back to our producer. Hopefully we can uh, we can get this uh, done a little bit better and get you back on in uh, the next 30 seconds or so. Uh, we'll give it a shot. We'll be right back to you. Uh, Buffalo Sabres, really, really quickly. Uh, we're talking about that earlier, uh, Mike. Um, Sabres and Leafs are playing uh, playing a big game this Tuesday night. Eichel seems uh, he's actually in the uh, and I know we got a lot of listeners in in Western New York. Uh, uh, Sabres and Leafs. Uh, Eichel's taken his game to a high level. They've got that great kid on defense, and uh, Darlene, um looks like it could be a rivalry. Uh, Leafs and, and Sabres for a few years to come. Well, there's always been a rivalry. I mean, if you, I mean, anytime you ever go to the games, they love nothing. I mean, they're like the Bills and Miami Dolphin. Uh, if the Sabres could go 0 and 80, and all they have to do is win two games, they beat the Leafs both games. <laughs> the fans happy. are happy. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's always going to be. And that's the great thing about the, the sport. I, anybody, the friends we have in Buffalo that we always talk to, they love nothing better than having us come across the bridge and sending us back. Oh, it's Friday. great. They I mean, it, it, it's great that, you know, the, the Leafs and the Sabres have two young, um, dynamic teams. Sabres are on, on the, you know, they, uh, they're, they're toe to toe with the Leafs this year. In fact, they've taken the best, uh, three out of four points from the Leafs so far. Tuesday night, another, another big one, which, you know, you're already at this point in time, Toronto Buffalo, these games might have playoff ramifications because these two points come, come the first week in April could, could be really, really, really important. Well, as I said earlier, every game's important now. You, you can't, you can't afford to, to, to have a four or five game losing streak or you're out of it because you've got to climb over too many teams. As, you know, as we said earlier, you know, you, you got to climb over one team in the past. Now you got to climb over three or four. It's just not, it, it, it's just not boding well to do that. And, you know, so both teams understand the, the, the significance of this and the urgency to gather these points and get yourself in a position where you can get a little bit of breathing room. But unfortunately, losing six in a row is not going to allow the Leafs to have much breathing room. It looks like for the rest 
of the year. And again, we're not even at the halfway point of the season. We're having this discussion. You know, you know it would be really fantastic because uh, it looks like uh, looks like the uh, Boston Bruins, unless something absolutely dramatic happens, are going to finish in first place. They're uh, they, they they're basically ten points clear. Uh, Leafs and Sabres could be headed towards a first round matchup. I know if Naz was in studio this morning, he would have pointed that out to me <laughs> before we went on the air. Uh, Naz, uh, Naz has his finger in the pulse of, uh, where things are going probably a lot better than I do, but it's not, it's not inconceivable that the Buffalo Sabres, uh, you know, uh, and the Toronto Maple Leafs things keep going. That could be a first round matchup, and wouldn't that be something else? I mean, it would be it would be good. I mean, there was one back in early two thousand when they they played, and uh, I I think that. Um I'm not going to get that far ahead and speculate on that. Let's get in the playoffs first and worry about. It. I don't care who they play. I mean, I think once they get there, you know, they they can give anybody a good run. And I'm talking about Toronto now. The Buffalo guys, we really don't care about. We're worrying about. Toronto, <laughs> but I would say that uh, you know, for both those teams, it, it'd be exciting because we'd get the the, the the hockey flourishing again. There's nothing better when the hockey's alive in Buffalo in playoff time or Toronto, and that 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 just speaks volumes for itself. But that goes on for most teams, so. My point being here is not even halfway through. Look at the discussions we're having already. Let's keep this excitement going. It just makes every game so much better. And then, again, leading to your point, Tuesday night, it's just going to bring it to a credenzo, it looks like. i got to make sure my Nexus card is renewed and up to date because uh, we may be going across the border a few well, times to watch some games. Well, you better take Toronto up. They, they may not <laughs> let you go across. <laughs> So, hey, listen! I wear my Davy Keon sweater. I can, oh I can, I, that boy. that opens up doors everywhere. Uh, anyways, uh, Mike, you know I've had a, had a spirited discussion there. It's, I'd be remiss if I didn't, given the golf junkie that I am. Um, there's there's only, there's only been a few times, and only been a few times I'm actually watching golf at midnight. Uh, but it was pretty compelling theater yesterday. Um, of course, the President's Cup's over. Yeah, they they had it in Australia, yeah. so they're sixteen or fourteen or sixteen hours ahead of us. So this all finished uh, late last night, early into the morning, and the Americans had a had a phenomenal day yeah. yesterday. They went in, they went in uh, two points down, and they they won eight of the four. And the most uh, two two central stories come out of this Presidents Cup. Um, of course, the American. Uh, uh, revival on the Sunday and, and people who, who say that the Americans don't care about team competition, uh, man, they were pretty thrilled about their, uh, the way they came back. They were high fiving and hugging each other. And the central part of the American story this year, who has been the central part of golf since 19, since probably since he was three years old on the Mike Douglas show. Of course, I'm calling, I'm talking about Tiger Woods. Tiger was the player captain. Uh, he led off the team yesterday and he, uh, he won the first match, mm. set the tone for the entire day. Um, never seen him so emotional, really. Uh, well, he was emotional after he won the Masters last year and uh, early in his career, but he was choking up choking up when they interviewed him, um, hugged, man, he was hugging all of his players, uh, had a great time with Freddie Couples. Um, he's, he's still the story. And he's, and, and, you know, the interesting part I saw about Tiger Woods yesterday, he's evolved. He's evolved into an elder statesman. Uh, that's literally what his role was. And 
you could tell the way the players, the young guys look up to him, the, they respect him. You know, we know about all of his difficulties in his personal life. We've read the Tiger stories. We know about the um, criticisms of uh, of his character and his personality and some of his peculiar things that he does. But man, the Americans last night, they, for, you know, they look like a team. They're, you know, except for one. Not that he wasn't part of the victory, the but there, but there was one who, the Did other part, the, <laughs> the other guy who stuck out, uh, who was the other part of the story, Patrick Reed. And I know, I, I know, uh, you've got some comments on that, Mike. Well, no, I mean, like he's, I mean, I, I mean, well, you're a golfer and I mean, I'm a hacker and go up and bang it around too. But I mean, any hack, I mean, I don't care if you're 10, 30, 40 or 60, you know, when you move the sand in a trap. And this clown goes out there and he moves it not only once, twice. And this is not the first time this guy's been accused of cheating. Then he defiantly stands in front of the camera and defends it. And I mean, and again, nice. he's, he's not the most popular guy in the no. tour. And he exemplifies, in my opinion, everything people that don't like golf, he represents. I mean, he doesn't look like an athlete. He's just got that arrogant, privileged look on his face. And he just, he just looks like he would rub everybody the wrong way. And he did. And, they just and his caddy it. rubbed a few people oh, the wrong caddy. way, too. I, mean, I, I, I hope they keep – I hope they keep – I hope it's a – I hope this is just a formative well, the for more story, people to go after this guy. Yeah, the story – let's – let's for those for those listeners that missed it, his caddy, I believe, is his brother-in-law based on my little Google search, Twitter search this morning. Uh, and um, the Australian fans who probably had a couple of pops too many, which is not unusual at these team competitions. The Ryder Cup, it's the same thing. The American fans are – Probably the most disruptive out of, out of any of them when they when they have Ryder Cup competitions. In they, New York area. they they made Colin Montgomery's life miserable uh, when whenever the Ryder Cup was ever in America. So that's that sort of comes with the territory. Um, so uh, Patrick Reed's uh, caddy, who didn't like some of the things the Australian fans were saying about Patrick Reed, decided he was going to lay a finger and actually physically. I don't want to use the word assault, but he did lay a hand on one of the Australian fans. And, you know, the reality is, unless it's self-defense, man, keep yourself safe. I mean, I understand that the galleries are close, but if you're a professional athlete and you're a professional golfer and you're going to allow yourself to be provoked in a situation where you know these things are coming, uh, then you're not a pro. And, and, And his caddy didn't act like a pro, should have ignored it. Caddy might have just said something like, could you please stop or gone over to a rules official, gone over to a marshal, have that person evicted. But to, to actually in a sporting competition where the competitor goes and lays a hand on one of the fans in a, in a setting where you're sort of expecting this type of behavior. Uh, unfortunately, that was a big story, too. Well, Greg Norman, uh, he came out and said that, uh, you know, the the fans in Australia, they they, they protect <clears throat> the integrity of the game first and foremost. The player comes second. So the integrity of the game is challenged by this clown who went on there and defied the rule, cheated, and then would admit it. And so they gave it to him, and rightfully so. And Norman himself said he watched; he was watching it on TV himself when this happened, and he knew of a rules judge that was on, on site. He contacted him, and they said, you're the first person to contact us in this. Yeah. And he said, I'll always protect the integrity of the game first and foremost. And he thought that that's what this was. So the whole situation is, you know. Yeah. 
It's done, and the Americans won. And they won. But Congratulations. Yeah. Anyways, it's been another uh, interesting week on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. To our listeners, I apologize for our technical glitches. We'll get them figured out. And uh, usually at this point, I turn it over to Naz, and I say Naz last word. So I will do a Naz impersonation this morning. Go Bills. Anyways, to all our listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Mike, thanks so much. No problem. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.